You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Question. So many people don't ask that question. They think their dating life has nothing to do with their relationship with Jesus. But if Jesus is truly the Lord of your life, he has everything to do with every part of your life. So I would, one, encourage you to talk with that person that you're dating about this. I'd say, hey, I want you to know I'm a follower of Jesus, and it's important to me that I'm dating somebody who loves Jesus. Where are you at with Jesus? And begin that conversation. You've heard me say, I think long-term, it's not a wise idea to, if you're a Christian, to date somebody. Again, I'm not saying you need to be friends with people who don't know Jesus, but I don't think it's wise to date somebody who doesn't love Jesus. But if you just came to faith, have that conversation with them. And then honestly, I know it sounds like cliche, but I actually believe it. Pray about it. Like legitimately ask God what he wants you to do. And then when he tells you, obey him because he loves you and you can trust him. Thanks, Eric. And just to piggyback off that one, because we had another question come in with a little bit of a twist. It says, what if um, I'm in love with someone who is of a different religion? What advice then? I think to piggyback off what Eric said, I think um, having a Christ-based life means Christ is first in your life. Mm -hmm. And, And finding that is important. And finding someone who also loves Christ should be something that's of a top priority to you. Um, like Eric said, it doesn't mean don't pray for them. It doesn't mean don't be friends with them. But entering into a relationship is something very serious, and you should take very, very intentionally. And and I just think that your Christ, your love for Christ, should be number one in your life always. And to enter into a relationship with someone, both of your goal should be to get closer to Christ. And if you can't accomplish that, it's just it's going to make your relationship, you're compromising your relationship with Christ if you're entering it with someone who doesn't have the same feelings as you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so there's a lot of questions coming through about LGBTQ plus community. Um, and one of the questions is, how do you let someone close to you know you support them and being part of the LGBTQ plus community, yet open the conversation to tell them about how you and the church feels about it? I think that's a really good question. Um, I think the first thing you got to start with is where do they stand? Um, Were they raised in the church? Do they know nothing about the church? Do, um, are they a family member or things like that? So I think that's kind of where you start off. Um, I was actually thinking about how I would answer a question like this because this is something that weighed really heavily on me Um, because, you know, I have, for anyone who missed the week that I was up here, I have a sibling who um, is transgender and, you know, we were raised in the church, we were raised in this church and um, they have chosen to walk away from um, faith in general and I think it's very easy to want to say, um, you know, you're, you're gay, like, that's, 
that's not what God intended. And you want to just hound in on this, like, um, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, where what you need to do is you need to start with, hey, Jesus loves you, and let's talk more about what it means. Like, if they say they want to follow Christ, let's talk more about what it means to die to yourself and live for Jesus, because that's where all of this comes in. Um, you can't expect a non-Christian to live up to Christian standards. So That's so good. And you may have been kind of annoyed when I preached a few weeks ago that I spent the first like 25 minutes just talking about God's love for every person. Maybe there was a party that was like, just get to it already. Like, what does the Bible say about LGBTQIA+. I refuse, refuse to have a conversation about how God feels about LGBTQIA+, without first having the conversation about how God feels about people. And how God feels about people is love. He loves people. And I think if you're in this room right now and, and you're a sexual minority and you're wrestling with some of those questions, I don't know how you would ever choose to follow Jesus and to trust him with your sexuality in a way that goes against even how you feel right now unless you know that he loves you. And if you know that he really, really loves you, then maybe, just maybe, you could trust him with that and trust that he's good. And so I love your answer, and that's kind of why I wanted to take that approach. Thank you both so much. Um, so next question is, I love my boyfriend, but he's not affectionate with me. What do I do? Haley. As the one person who's not married, I feel very equipped for this question. Um, hmm, he's not affectionate. I would say, ladies, sometimes men need to hear you say it very simply. So just say, hey, why aren't you affectionate? I want you to, like, hug me. I want you to, I don't know, get me flowers. Like, these are the things that I like. Maybe this is his first relationship. Maybe he just doesn't know what he's doing yet. Um, which is totally okay. So I would just communicate. That is one of the best things you can do in your relationship is communicate. Thank you. That was such a good question. Thanks for the vulnerability. Yeah, I was also going to say um, my wife introduced me, and then in marriage or like premarital counseling, something called love languages, and everyone has a different love language. Um, well, you have like two top ones, but um, like for me, that's like physical touch. So, like, hand-holding, hugs, anything like that is definitely not high on mine. So, it's, it's definitely, uh, I have to put a lot of effort in because it's high on my wife's. So, like, to hold her hand, it's like I have to be very intentional about it. And so, just something to think that that's not maybe the way that they show love, but they may show love in, in other ways of, like, it kind of sounds weird, but, like, giving gifts. Like, I love to give gifts, whether it's, like, it doesn't have to be monetary at all, but, like, hey, I did this or I got this for you. It was a dollar, but I was thinking about you. Hey, I got you flowers. They were only a couple of dollars, but I was thinking about you. Or like doing something for someone. So it just might not be the way that they show love. There are so many questions coming in. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little overwhelmed, but thank you guys so much for sending these in. Um, there's a lot of questions about friend zoning. Um, should we do a friend zoning question? Yes. Okay, let's. Okay. <laughs> Okay, how should you help 
somebody through being friend zoned. Ooh, y'all, if you, you want to, okay, I'm going to be quick. I'm going to be quick. Uh, if you get friend zoned, if you get friend zoned, that's okay. Like that's okay. Like that, that happens. Here's the thing. I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to say this. Sarah friend zoned me. And y'all, y'all see how that turned out. Okay. I'm just saying, just saying the friend zone, the friend zone isn't an eternal place. It's not an eternal place, but, but, but I will say it's okay if you don't, just because somebody likes you doesn't mean you have to like them, right? That's okay. You can say, hey, this person's in the friend zone. That's okay. Uh, at some point, if you're in the friend zone, you got to kind of accept that a little bit, unless you feel like you're going to marry them, which is what happened to me, and I kept <laughs> pursuing her. But, but I would say, I would say, if you're in the friend zone or if you put somebody in the friend zone, that's okay. That's okay. Trust it to the Lord. Trust it to the Lord. And if things change, be open to that. Sometimes somebody is in the friend zone, and then they come out of the friend zone. Right, babe? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, babe? So uh, my husband was in the friend zone for four years. So um, based off of that, I will say I probably wouldn't have married him if he wasn't. Um, Mm -hmm. And from that, like, he was so, he was my best friend. And it was because he accepted, like, okay, you know, you aren't into this at this point. I mean, we were in high school, so fair. But <laughs> um, it was one of those things where it was like he was so like, you know what, I'm just going to be here for you in all the other ways. And things changed in those four years. And it was that was how it worked for us. But how you need to react about it is not to be like, oh, you put me in the friend zone. Like, forget you. I'm just going to not be friends with you at all anymore and I'm going to walk away from this but to just continue to support them as a friend whether things change or not um I also put my husband in the friend zone for quite some time and he actually used that to his advantage he pretended that he also placed me in the friend zone and later on he was like I trapped you and he did he did so good technique um okay (laughs) it says most Mainstream churches, um, gay relationships are condemned, but not, so it says in most mainstream churches, gay relationships are condemned, but not divorce and remarriage, which is spoken against in Matthew 5:31 through 32. Unless the reason for the divorce was because one spouse was unfaithful, but still not condemned. Why are we condemning one and not the other? That's a great question. Eric? Thank you, Natalie. <laughs> Uh, number one, I love that question. Mm-hmm. And that's an important question. And can I be transparent and say, you're right. Sometimes there's a hypocrisy there. Sometimes the church has exhibited that kind of hypocrisy. Um, I think that you can make a biblical case for divorce being appropriate uh, in abandonment in abuse uh, or even addictions or affairs. Those are kind of like the four A's. Abuse, addiction, abandonment, or affairs. Uh, But when somebody gets a divorce for another reason other than that, um, yeah, you're right. Scripture is pretty clear on that. Um, Now, we believe that there's grace over 
every sin that's confessed, um, every sin that's, that's acknowledged. I think where we have an issue is when the sins that Scripture, the, 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 the activity that Scripture calls sin, when we try to define it as not being sinful. Um, and so I would want to be consistent in that. Um, but that is a great question. And so I live with some of that tension too. I do think we need to hold marriage and singleness to a higher standard, just like we're holding these six passages or five passages in Scripture to that standard as well. I also think, and I think I said this before, but uh, if we're going to hold the theology that I presented to you, which our church holds, um, that um, gay and lesbian relationships are not honoring to God, then we better do a better job as a church of creating the kind of New Testament communities where any sexual minority could experience love, thriving relationships, be cared for, be welcomed in to families, embraced, loved, served. And I don't think we've always done that right also. Great question, though. That was a great answer. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, so there's still so many questions coming in. So before we... Let's go till 742. You're taking me off script. I know, I know, okay. I know, 742. All right, but before, before we go to more questions, um, there's a lot of questions here that um, we won't be able to get to. So if you have a really, um, really strong question, something that's really heavy on your heart, please, please reach out to your life um, group leader, to any of the pastors up here because we want to answer those questions. Um, and unfortunately, we just won't have enough time tonight. So please reach out to your leaders. We're here to, um, to just kind of walk you guys through that. Okay, so I had a great one here. Um, so essentially the question was, what if the person you are talking to is unsure about coming to church because of their parents? That was a really good question. Thank you for sending that in. Yeah, I think um, I guess I'll just so I was raised as a Christian, but a lukewarm Christian at best. I mean, we never really went to church. Um, I didn't really start attending church until uh, I actually met my girlfriend at the time. And she showed me how important it was in her life that I be there. And I guess I can't speak to um, the persons whose parents are, I don't know if against or, or just not of that religion, but... I definitely made it a priority in my life because it was such a big priority in her life. And it was, we got to a point where we could no longer, she kind of made it a thing. We could no longer date if this was something that I was not passionate about. And this is something that I wasn't willing to follow. Um, and so I think, like I said before, like your love for Christ is the number one thing in your life the number one thing. And that is not something to compromise on. That is not something to take a shortcut on. And so when you apply that to a relationship, it should be both of your number one thing. The goal of your marriage, the goal of a relationship is to get closer to Christ, not to compromise that relationship with Christ, not to get farther away, not to, to say, hey, you know, 
we can do this and, and we can work at it, but is for both of you to say, hey, we want to get closer to Christ. Um, and I guess that's, that's the best way I could answer your question is, is your love for Christ should always be number one and you should never compromise that. Was the question a friend or was it a significant other? It was more of like someone they're trying to date. Oh, oh okay, okay. Um, that changes my answer then a little bit. Uh, I would encourage you, remind you that the church is not a building, that this is the church, the body is the church. So if their parents are against it, don't be afraid to bring the church to them, to have conversations, to ask this person, hey, I know you're not allowed to go to church. Is there a reason? Is, you know, are you curious about, you know, your purpose in life? Have you ever, you know, ask them those hard questions, have those conversations and see kind of where they're at. If them coming, physically coming to church is not an option, bring the church to them. So this one's kind of a follow-up to that question, um, I feel. Being in a new relationship and never being in one before, how do you grow with that person through Christ? Any tips or things that you have done with your significant other that have helped? So, so Johnny and I started dating when we were juniors in high school. Um, and something that we felt was important for us to do at one point was doing um, Bible studies together. And so we would go, there was a few times where we would go like to um, a Starbucks near his house and we would sit there and go through, um, I think we were went through like Ephesians or something like that. I don't know. Um, but that was something that we felt um, was important. But also we were here every Wednesday night. Mm. Um, we came here, we went to our small groups, uh, well, sorry, life groups. There were small groups when I was here. Um, we went to our life groups and we were in fellowship, not just with um, each other, but with our own groups, with our, um, of people our age and um, our gender. And that was something that we kind of made a priority um, and then whenever we got married, we continued that by seeking out life groups, by seeking out um, friends with similar paths um, who wanted to grow closer to God and have those conversations. So I'd say that was probably our number one thing. Yeah, I would say Sarah and I, like, we read Christian books together, and that was one of the ways I kept her talking to me, right? Like, that was my strategy to keep the open lines of communication. I was like, let's read this spiritual book together, a.k.a. I want to marry you. But really, 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 it was cool. We read these books together, and we talked about Jesus a lot, and we prayed together. And um, we, we read, I remember one year we read a one-year Bible together, and... Uh, and Sarah, I got one day behind, and then we were on a date together, and I was like, hey, babe, like, what if we read the chapter together? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, you know, I'm actually one day behind, so could we read yesterday's together? And she was like, nah, we're going to read today's, right? So, like, we had to read. We had to keep up with her pace. Um, but, and then I think we just tried to always talk about what God was doing in our life, just always trying to bring out, hey, what's Jesus teaching you? How are you, you know, seeing him show up in your life? Who are you telling about Jesus? I love that. That's so good. Um, so I wanted to ask this question because um, this came up a couple times. Is it okay to have homosexual friends? Oh, my gosh. 
I mean, to me it's so obvious, but I would just ask the question, would Jesus have homosexual friends? Would Jesus hang out with LGBTQIA plus people? The answer is duh. Yeah, of course he would. And in fact, I would say, in fact, I would say, if you are unwilling to have LGBTQIA friends, I think there's some sin issue in you. Um, I think it's important, important that you make sure that you have friends that are different than you, ethnically, culturally, uh, socially, uh, maybe even a sexual minority. Um, but I would encourage you to make sure that your faith is confident enough that when those really good, important, meaningful conversations happen around sexuality, that you're prepared to listen first, to love, but then also to share what God says uh, through that relationship. Um, so are we wrapping up after this one? <laughs> okay, last question. Um, so this person who wrote in says that they get a lot of anxiety around this topic, a lot of anxiety when speaking to their crush, um, and they feel like they're praying about it, um, but they're wondering if maybe it's not their time because it's not playing out the way they want to. So what advice would you give to somebody who maybe is wanting to be in a relationship, but it's not really happening for them? Yeah, maybe we can each kind of offer maybe one last, maybe to that or any other advice that we'd want to say, maybe even from our relationship status, something that we would offer. But um, I would just say, uh, if you're experiencing anxiety around relationships, one that's totally normal, totally okay, uh, and there should be no rush to date. And I know there's some of you that are in relationships right now, and what's cool is this is an example of sometimes it works, right? 99% of the time it doesn't, but that's okay because maybe your relationship will be the exception. Maybe it'll be the exception, and that's cool, and you can believe for that, especially, especially if you choose to center your relationship right now around God. You make sure you don't cross physical boundaries, that you're really honoring God and honoring each other. Then there will be heartbreak if you guys break up, but there won't be a ton of regrets, that's the hope, is that you're not carrying a bunch of regrets around. So continue to honor God, and, uh, and, and, but remember, there's no pressure to date right now. And if you're feeling anxiety, just don't even go there. Focus on your friendships and focus on Jesus. I think there is this huge pressure um, within our culture today where if you're not dating someone, then, like, what's going on with you? Like, there's got to be something... But frankly, that is so not the case. Like, you guys are, what, 14 to 18? There's so much more beyond those years that you don't have to worry about filling these years. Or even beyond that, I have so many friends that are in their 20s who are single, and they're loving their life, um, and they don't feel like there's an emptiness. Like, there's, they might say like oh you know like it'd be nice but there's not this like their world is not coming to an end because they haven't gotten married by 25 like um and so I just want to encourage you guys like if you don't feel if you feel anxiety about it if you feel like you're doing it because that your best friend has a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you know you want to be able to go on double dates and things like that. It's not a requirement of high school to finish and have had one or two 
dating relationships. Um, yeah, I'll just end it there. <laughs> yeah, I would say the same thing. I mean, um, you can go through all of high school and not date anybody, and that's totally fine and totally normal. And honestly, it could be a good thing, right? If you're maybe still working through your relationship with Christ and, and maybe you're not sure where you stand yet, you don't want, like Eric said, to leave with regrets. You don't want to make a decision and then and then leave that with a regret. So I would say that um, first work on yourself, work on your relationship with Christ, um, get somewhere where you're confident and, and be intentional with the relationships you enter. You don't have to go through 10 people to be like, yeah, I went through these 10 people to figure out I know what I want for the one. Like, you can find one person and you can end up with that one person and that's totally normal and that's totally okay. And like for our situation, we found it in high school, but it doesn't mean it has to be in high school. It could be in college. It could be later in life. Um, God will present the opportunity to you when he knows you're best equipped to enter into it. Um, and I would just say that uh, take it slow and every relationship you enter into, enter it in with intentionality and with a purpose, not just to be, hey, I want to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend right now. There is a member at our church. She works in um, finance, and she is in her 50s, and she just got married for the first time. So just to say, just because there are people that found their person in high school, there are people you can find your person at any point. But even more than that, like, as long as your actual person is Jesus, then you guys will be fine. Okay. Um, when I was in high school, I didn't really date at all. I was single pretty much all four years. And I remember after high school, and I would tell people that, they're like, oh, what? You didn't date anyone? Like, you're so beautiful. You're so cool. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I, you tell me what, what's wrong with me. And if I'm being honest, I think after, like, graduating and, you know, you talk to friends and stuff, like, a lot of guys just weren't brave enough to shoot their shot. So shoot your shot, guys. Like, what, what could go wrong? You get friend zone? You hear up here that it could uh, end up being fine. But on the flip side, I also want to talk to the ladies right now. I've talked to a lot of guys, and they find it very attractive when a woman takes initiative and shoots their shot. So don't put all the pressure on the men. Ladies, you can ask guys out too. But at the end of the day, I'm standing up here. I'm very content, very single. Listen, 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 people. Okay. Um, having Christ at the center of your relationship is so important. Don't rush. Remember, this is one of the things that I dread, is there will be a day if you desire to get married, there will be the last day that you will ever be single. So you meet someone you start having feelings, you start going on dates, you become boyfriend and girlfriend, you get married, realistically, you'll never be single again, right? Mm -hmm. So just, well, hope you love them. Yeah, we do. Yeah, right. We do. But just know that you won't have this, this time of singleness forever. So cherish it, take advantage of it, enjoy it, work on yourself, and keep God at the center of it. Thanks. That is awesome. That is so awesome. You know what's funny about it, Haley, is... I, I didn't date at all in high school either, and I felt the same way. I was like, I'm so hot and funny. Like, what's the deal? But it just didn't work for me either, I guess. But God had a better plan. Sarah and I went to high school together, so why she didn't date me then, I will be the, the mystery we'll ask God later. 
Um, all right, you guys. Hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We want your...